Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Tuesday for those that are here live. For those that are coming any day of the week, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being a part of this show. We're entering into this season. Holiday season is coming. This is the time to be a little more nostalgic. So I'm going to start to appreciate you guys more and what we have together. I'm talking about growing. This is the season for growth. And it's just been such an honor that we've been able to be together and we have a period of time every day that's dedicated towards this. Otherwise, life gets going. For those that have been joining for a while, if you look at your life, my sense is that your schedule still somewhat maintained normalcy, right? We didn't change your life dramatically. Maybe hopefully the words change. Maybe the, the subjects help, but like, if you look at the schedule of your day, the 20 minutes doesn't really change. But before you get involved, you're like, I can't, I got no time, I got no time, I got no time, because that's really how growth works. Then when we allocate time to things that we believe are meaningful, before we do it, it feels like we have no time. I get messages to people all the time. Oh my gosh, I'd love to, but who has 20 minutes? I'm like, you have 20 minutes. I have 20 minutes. I'm not saying that like, I'm like, you definitely have 20 minutes. Like 20 minutes, you're scrolling on your phone for 20 more minutes a day. We have time to work on ourselves this way or another way. We have time to be greater. And when we allocate our time appropriately to things that really matter, you see that we end up freeing up other time. Right. When you, when you allocate time for things that are important, what ends up happening is it pushes out the things that are urgent but not important. We're going to get to this in a second, but it's all interconnected. One of the great challenges that we all face, which is this season, the idea that I can be bigger than I am. And if I believe that to my core, then I have to engage in a process of change. Yesterday, we spoke about this idea about taking back the responsibility. And really, as you get into that space of taking back the responsibility, there is this initial discomfort. Because we're not used to, we're not used to feeling like we're responsible for the things that we've already allocated to other people. There's a natural pushback. You may be feeling it even towards me. Like he's saying that it's my fault that my husband is not. It's my fault that my kids are not. It's my, like there's a initial discomfort by thinking that somehow I'm responsible for how I feel in life entirely because I have given that over for so many years to so many more people. Like I said yesterday, politically, it drives me insane when you see like how angry people are. I'm all good with disagreement, right? The whole concept of Jewish thought is built on the premise of disagreement. Right? When God took the Jews out of Egypt, he could have had one tribe. When God gave the Jews the Torah, he could have made it super clear. He's God. It could have been like, you know, point one, do this. Point one B, one A, I know you're going to think of it. Don't. One B, I know you're going to, don't. 
right? He could have made it clear. He's not, God's le- not less smart than like a typical law professor. The whole thing is filled with confusion. We could have had a rule saying, it doesn't matter what your family does. You're doing it what everyone else does. It's not like that. There's a concept called custom. Things, there's different ways of interpretation. Because God wants us to grapple with disagreement. He wants us to grapple in conflict because only in conflict is there beauty. This is a principle. There's a, there's a word in Hebrew for this that's connected to a holy concept called the Sephira. It's called Tiferet. Tiferet is beauty. And tiferet is manifested in a man named Jacob. Because Jacob was the balance between Abraham, who was Mr. Go out and change the world, and Isaac, who was the one who was holy in his tent. And if you want to see true beauty, you look outside. What makes the day beautiful is that it's not like a blue sky and a blue sun and a blue pavement and a blue grass. That's not beautiful. What makes it beautiful is the sky is blue, the sun is yellow, the grass is green. It all comes together. When you speak to people that are fashion experts, they will tell you that the beauty of something is when they can coordinate the different shades and colors and you see a tapestry. Beauty is in conflict. We are scared of conflict. It makes us feel weird. We want things to be easy and clean. And so it's easier for us to look around and blame our lack of empowerment on everybody around us. It's more complex to bring that into our lives and then to pull the hairs and say, that one really, I I think maybe I could have been better or he can't control how I feel or my job is just to give. The world is created for me. These are very complex thinkings that take place in our minds that have to be split and figured out. When we go into an environment and feel terrible about something, it's easy to say them. It's hard to go back in the car and go, what about this made me feel bad? What, what happened? Why did I just walk into that room and feel threatened? Why did I just wake up this morning and all of a sudden I'm nervous? What am I nervous about? What happened? I just woke up. The house is, is, is safe. The heat is on. There's food in the fridge. Like, what's going on? Why do I feel like all of a sudden I'm panicked? To, to try to distinguish feelings is hard stuff. But that's where the beauty of life comes in. That's when we start to pull things back. And when we engage in this type of thinking, if it doesn't come from a place of he's building me, we get thrown off. This is why I tell people all the time, stop asking why. How come I'm always nervous when I go here? How, or, or how, come, how, come, how come is really why? Like, why am I always nervous when I come here? Why has this happened to me for? Why do my kids not listen? Why, does it, why is it so hard for us to earn a living? When you ask why, all you do is you descend. Unless you're asking why to figure out, right? When you ask how, you're already taking for granted that this is what it is. And it is what it is for a positive reason, because it's something that God is pushing me towards, because he wants me to work a part of my game out, because he thinks I'm a warrior. He thinks I'm an athlete. He thinks I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a commando. So let's start delving into this world now because this is the world that we're in.
If you remember, we spoke a little bit about this concept called flow. Flow is the ability to get lost in something. The psychologist who brought this term out is a man named Mihai Chick Sent Mihai from Hungary. Great man came here as the I don't remember which war it was, but it's probably World War II, I would guessing, as they were bombing the bridge, his train was flying out. Comes to America, can't speak English, learns how to read and write through comic books. At least how to, how to read English through comic books. Ends up, I think, in the University of Chicago. Brilliant man, becomes a professor. Starts to learn and ask himself about, about why some people are more successful in life. Unlike everyone who delves into this world, there's never a reason. There's no, oh, he has this DNA. That's not true. It's always how you act. It's not what you have. So he he starts to give people pagers. Remember those pagers? Those of you who remember pagers, just give me give me a, a, a thumbs up or something. Do you remember pagers? That was the back end of pagers. My world began at the back end. Pagers, for those who don't know, pagers are, I mean, there's, for those who are watching under the age of 30, uh, there was once a time where we didn't have cell phones. It, I know, it's crazy. We didn't have shoes either, so it worked out. But there was a time where we didn't have page, uh, cell phones. There were times where we didn't have iPhones. My kids have no idea what I'm talking about. If they were watching the show, they, would, they, wouldn't, they couldn't envision a world where this is possible. And... They, um, they had pagers. Pagers are basically things that doctors still have them, apparently, where you, they, they, there's a little brick you put on your waist. And when someone wants to reach you, they just they ping you, I guess. And then what pulls up on your pager is just a number. It's not a text. It's not an emoji. It's not a video. It's a number. And you go and you look at the number and you go to a phone or you take out your cell phone, I guess. I don't know. Why would you have a page or a cell phone? Be the way. And like you, you call back the number. Hi, this is so-and-so returning the page. Right? So people still have them apparently. I didn't realize that. So I had it at the end of my, the beginning of my career before they handed me a Blackberry. I, my wife was expecting in my first year in law. So I walked around the pager. So he gave them pagers. Uh, Chick consent me tight, gave them pa- pagers. Um, right, payphones, exactly. Just, I, I don't really want to go down there. There was once a time that you had to pay to make a phone call. I mean, you still have to pay, but like not with a quarter. So you'd have a pager, you'd run to a payphone. Crazy times. Crazy times. So he gave them pagers. And he would call the uh, page them throughout the day and they'd have to call in and then he would and i know i spoke about this a while ago and he would they would have to say what they're doing and why and how they feel and he created basically like a, a chart of their day and he showed them the moments that they were the most successful less successful and what he realized was that when you're lost in something when you are lost in it you're you're, you're fully engulfed in something your body is your body is your mind and your body, it's aligned into doing this task. And so you don't have the distractions that are usually available. So you're using, for those who've been with me for a long time, your schema, 
we have, remember you have a certain amount of attention, 110 to 120 second bits of information per second. You're using all of your attention on that task. So you're more attentive. You're more, you're able to see the nuance. You're able to use more of your energy. You're able to use more of your brain power. So when you're lost in something, you're at your best. And the tighter the things that you're lost in, the more, if you can almost picture the light that you shine into it. Picture your intention and your attention like a light. And when you're stretched, you're just giving a little bit to everything. And so you always feel like you're all over the place. This is why technology is so dangerous. I know I've spoken about this a million times here. So dangerous. You know why technology is so dangerous? And I gotta tell you something, I'm now speaking just to myself. It's because we're always connected to this thing. And whenever you think you're going one way, you like this 15 other things you're doing. It's not that you're looking at the wrong things necessarily. It's that this thing will always pull you in a hundred directions. So you're never anywhere. And even when you're somewhere, your brain's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, it's, you've been doing this for three minutes. There's more fun stuff on your phone. When you're lost in something, you can be fully in it. And when you're fully in something, you're better at something. So if you look at people that are more successful, they are just lost in their craft longer. They have to be talented enough. Like there's a threshold to show up, but that's what they're doing. They are allowing themselves to be fully invested. And when you do that, even things that otherwise would be you're aware of. So for example, one of the subconscious things that you're aware of is time. If you're standing online, you don't have to look at your watch to know that you've been standing online for about 25 minutes. Another thing is that's a sort of a chemical, or if it's a chemical, it's a body impulse, which is hunger. If you haven't eaten in six hours, you guys are like, hello, I'm hungry, right? These are, these are brain impulses. When you're lost in a task, if you notice, you, the time just flies. What, it's been two hours? Really? Wow. I haven't eaten yet. That's why, by the way, people are obsessed, in my opinion, with entertainment. Because entertainment are, is experiences that are so stimulating that you get lost in them. What's exciting about a movie, I think, isn't just the plot and characters. It's that because if you have good plot and characters, you, you get lost in it. I haven't been wanting to one in a while. But I, when I was younger, I used, to, I used to love, love going to movie theaters. Love. Because you would be lost. That's why it's dark. And that's why the screen's huge and everything is shut down because they want you to get lost in it and you can sit there for hours. When you're lost in something, it feels amazing. Now watch how this works. Chicks and Mihai realized that you don't have to be stimulated like by someone else to be lost. You just have to be lost in a task. And when you give a certain amount of significance to any task, enough that you're lost in it, it starts to feel good. So right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm lost here. I'm lost in speaking to you. I'm lost. I'm just here. I'm, I'm here. You're I'm, I'm honored to be doing this. I'm honored that you're with me. I feel humbled that you're giving me your time. I would never look at my phone right now. I'm lost in this. That's why I keep on looking down to see what time it is because I'm scared it's gonna be like 9.40. So I have a little clock. My little phone over here is telling me what time it is because I, I get worried every minute and a half that like, oh my God, I'm, I'm lost. I'm, it's going to be 10 o'clock. But I'm lost with you. So I love this. I love this in general, but I love this more because I get to be lost. And then I feel different when I'm here. 
I hope it's, I'm saying the words that God wants me to say, but I feel different sitting here with you. We can take anything in our lives and get lost in it. And it'll feel good because it'll be doing something that's meaningful. When you start to take back responsibility to the things in your life that was once given to somebody else, and you recognize that you have enough value that nothing is coming at you if it's not meant to build you, what could happen next is you can get lost in that task. We can get lost in the task of being happy. We could. We can get lost in the task of figuring out why I feel threatened here and what I can do to be stronger. We can get lost in the tasks of how do I become a better giver? How do I become a better parent? How do I become somebody that is unmoved by the world around me? We can get lost in building ourselves to become independent beings. We can get lost in becoming better. There's a certain excitement we can bring to the day when we take the inputs that are negative and see them not as negative, but see them as ways that we can grow and get lost at night being in our, in our study or in our bedroom or in our kitchen with our journal and going, how do I get better? Why did I get upset? Where am I off? There's a process in Hebrew called teshuva, which means to return. This is the period of time that we're in. Whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, it don't matter. This is wisdom. It's wisdom. This is what it is. This is a period of time called repentance. God doesn't want this to be painful. God wants us to be exciting. He doesn't want us to walk into the high holidays in pain. Can't wait for it to be over. God didn't make whatever temple we used to go to a painful experience. We made that. God didn't make boring speakers telling us that we're going to hell or giving us the latest in politics and making us sit in a room. He created an opportunity for us to stand before him in order for us to realize that we're really valuable or else he wouldn't take the time. And the opportunity to grow and to get better about life is really the most fun we can have. We don't have to outsource fun to Hollywood. We don't have to outsource change and growth to somebody else on a screen. We don't have to watch Elon Musk fail and win and fail and win to see if SpaceX is going to work. Why can't I work on the SpaceX in my, my soul? Our soul's going to a much higher place than the moon, than Mars. But we have to buy this. We have to live this. And once we do, we're free. Once the good times are things that we just ride and appreciate and enjoy and are grateful for. And once challenges are inputs that we can use to make us better, that's exciting because we get to work on ourselves. It, it changes. I don't want to give you a piece of me. I, I'm okay with it. I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. I want to figure out how to, I, I know you're not listening to me. I know I'm trying my hardest and you're just yelling at me and you're, you should be more respectful because you're my child. I get it. And I know I should be yelling right back at you, but I'm not doing that. How do I, how do I live in a family where my children yell back at me or my children don't appreciate me and still become the best parent in the world? 
I never had to do that when you were younger because you, you always listened when you were little. How many moms say this? I don't know how many dads that say this. How many moms say, I miss it when they were little? I miss it when they're like five. I don't miss it when they're like one. When the kids are first born, my wife loves that because they sit and they listen and they snuggle and they're just pleasure. I like it when I could throw the ball around with them. I like it when I could play with, I don't know. How do I make me the best that I can be in this new environment that I'm in? Where I'm excited to work on it. Now, this is not like an easy level that I'm talking about. It's easy to say it. It's really hard to do it. But like I said, what what else are we doing but working on hard things? Greatness is hard. Otherwise, it wouldn't be great. This is the period of time that we're in for everybody. You're connected. You're not connected. You're religious. You're not religious. All that stuff is just meaningless. You're a human being. Let's rock and roll. This is the time that should be really exciting to us. Because life should be exciting to us. Because life is supposed to be the greatest task that we work on every day. When we get lost in it, we take the responsibility back, we start to appreciate how awesome it is. Okay, we'll continue this. What's today? Tuesday. Okay. We'll still hold God's help. Think about this today. Try to take five minutes and enjoy, get lost in some trait or some thing that you want and try to get to a place where you're just doing that. And even if you fail, it don't matter. It matters if we engage. All right. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Have an awesome day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a good day.